father believed that if the world was ever really shown the Batcave, they'd reject it. He was convinced that the world wasn't ready. What do you think? My dad, I think, might have just been suicidal, but didn't want to admit it. I don't know. It was a weird situation with him, with that tornado. <laughs> okay, I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> we watched Man of Steel. Like, I, I know he twisted his ankle, but you'd think he would try to get away more. No, 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 no. He was going to die with dignity. I would rather permanently fuck up my ankle for the rest of my life than not have the rest of my life. Personally, IMO. But what if he what if he couldn't get away and he tripped and fell? Wouldn't yeah, that just I be... would have simply tripped and fallen and like crawled away from the tornado. Crawl under a car, something. Wouldn't that be visually a more undignified death? Uh I yeah. <laughs> and this is an action movie, so it cares a lot about the dignity of death. Oh boy. Does it though? I know why you're saying that, but also, like, millions of people die off screen, and we don't really care about or even mention it. Yeah, no, no, I would not say this is particularly caring about the dignity of death, but generally action movies do. This is sure, baseline I, that. I suppose so. Oh, it sounds like boy. you didn't care for this flick. This movie, okay, we can get into specifics of like, oh, what do you think about this characterization of Superman? What do you think about this movie's politics? Blah, blah, blah. This movie's just fucking boring. It's really long and it's fucking boring. Really? I was, there's like a maybe 20 minute chunk near the beginning where I'm kind of into this movie. And then like Zod shows up and I am just, I'm done. I'm just like, I, I am struggling to pay attention to the screen. I do think um, there's a lot of this movie that feels like uh, they just have the 2010s action movie thing where we have to have a lot of uh, scientists looking at screens and explaining to the army men what they're looking at. That they're at. fucking our pussies, yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> they're fucking our pussies. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of weird little lines that feel like a producer added them. Like when the female soldier says, uh, he's oh, he's really hot, which is true. Yeah. Uh, Henry Cavill, very hot in this movie. Yes. And, like, in general, but, like, yeah, looking good here. It, it, yeah, I agree. It could, it could be tighter. It could be a tighter flick. And it could have, like, a color or two. Yeah, it does have that classic Snyder muted palette. It is so washed out and just, ugh. When we get to Justice League, I'm going to watch the black and white version he did. Like, I'm not upset that they don't do the same aesthetic for Krypton and the Fortress of Solitude and all that. By all means, do your own thing. But in doing your own thing, do something that is, like, fun to look at. You didn't like Krypton? No, it looks like the cover of a box for a graphics card. From yeah. 2012. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Complimentary. <laughs> I mean it derogatory. Krypton's the best part of this flick. No, it's no. fine. I'm not like, I don't, I guess I don't hate it, but I'm not like, my, you could you could cut the Krypton stuff and I wouldn't care. Let me tell you something, Hans Zimmer's theme doing, pulling a lot of weight in this movie. Because every time that kicks in on Krypton, I'm like, yeah, we're watching a sci-fi action movie. Hell yeah. Sure, soundtrack pretty good in this movie, I guess. I didn't necessarily notice it other than when it played a couple notes of the classic Superman theme here and there. But sure, I inoffensive soundtrack, I'd say. I would say the theme is the best superhero theme. Sure, okay. It doesn't mean much to you. I couldn't hum it to you. It's not very hummable. It's more stringy. Mm -hmm. Best superhero theme is probably just the classic, you know, na 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 na. That that's music to me. 
the Batman theme. Mm, I I like that for about five seconds. I don't think I would listen to a whole track of that, no. That's gonna have about two notes in it, huh? <laughs> yeah, you can play that over a, an epic prologue on Krypton. It's got about as many notes as this movie has colors. This movie has blue and orange. Uh, boy, blue. Yeah, I guess it's got blue in some places. More of more of like, you know, like uh, some cats, you call them blue, even though it's more of like a gray. It's that kind of blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. It's like I was really watching like the thought I had when Superman starts to fly in this movie was like, I want Superman movies to look like Sega Genesis games. I want that blue sky aesthetic. And this movie just don't <laughs> got that. Yeah, the Arctic sun does kind of look um like it's frozen. It's not really yeah. radiating warm lights. No, like, and even when, like, there are, you know, warm shots, they're just so, like, it's all of these, like, dull golds, and, like, that's just not, it's it's gray and dull gold from start to finish, and it's just, that's not Superman to me. So, this is a remake of the 1978 Superman film, which you also did not care for. Yeah, yeah, I feel like this movie to me was, what if the 1979 Superman movie didn't even have some fun parts in it? There's no Lex Luthor in this one. There's no Lex Luthor. Michael Shannon, I I like Michael Shannon. He's they don't give him anything fun to do with Zod. He's like a very cookie cutter bad guy. I like all his line deliveries, and he's doing the best he can with the material he has. I basically agree with that. I, I don't really blame Michael Shannon for Zod not doing anything for me. They should have simply written some good stuff for the good funny actor to do and say. So can you tell me a little bit about what Zod's motivation is in this film? Well, he's like a fascist, right? And like Krypton was falling apart and his idea was like, uh, obviously we should have like turned to fascism. And like he has the line early on about like, we need to cut out all the degenerate bloodlines and build like a more perfect Krypton that won't fuck up the planet like this one did. So he basically just wants to recreate Krypton in his own like... It, you know, it, it's it's like if Hitler went to another planet and just wanted to make a new race of humans, but they were all Aryans or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't get into it that much. I'm a little confused about his timing, doing his coup uh, the day before the planet blows up. Seems like he really waited on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Krypton's got a lot of things going on that maybe don't all weave together super coherently because you got the classic planets blowing up because we mine the core right they're trying to turn it into more of like a global warming um allegory than it used to be we're like ah like our industry is what's killing our planet not you know it's just a random thing that planets do sometimes and then you got Zod over there with his degenerate bloodline philosophy. And right. then uh, our, our hero, Jor-El, is like, what we should be doing is mining the cores of other planets. <laughs> right, yes. He, like, what would you have us do, Russell Crowe? Take to the stars as our ancestors did. Do more colonialism. He, he would also like to reclaim a golden age. Right. Jorel's thing is that every everyone on Krypton is eugenic stuff. They're all have their genomes pre-planned generations ahead of time to serve their exact role in society. Right. It's very like Brave New World where like people are born to be the like role they're going to play and like they have no say in what they grow up to be. And so he fucked his wife old school <laughs> to have a natural baby. What is uh, Laura's job? Because she had to hide her pregnancy. That's true. Uh... <laughs> well we don't know how kryptonian pregnancy works she didn't necessarily have you know a big belly okay sure you know maybe uh 
Maybe Kryptonian wounds are in the butt. Who can say? She could just wear big dresses for a while. <laughs> maybe. Okay. Yeah, maybe. I don't know Kryptonian anatomy. Do you? I think they're just like humans. Mm, I think they might be exactly like humans, except that the wombs are in the butt. Well, that said, <laughs> Jor-El uh, wants his son. He says a male child. He's very yes. proud when he says male child. <laughs> he doesn't say male child. He says my boy child. My boy child. <laughs> He wants his son to be able to choose his own destiny and not have uh, his path laid out before him, even though he yeah. has a path laid out before him. He programmed a ghost to tell him what his path is. Well, right, to become the god king of Earth. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they're, I, they're really trying to, like, spice up the Krypton stuff as opposed to the old movie where it's, like, just a lot of dull people in, like, tinfoil coats, like, calmly arguing with each other. Now it's a big explodey action scene. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of things going on in one afternoon. Yeah, and also there's, like, half a, there's half a skull buried at the bottom of a lake of babies that contains all the genetic information of Krypton. <laughs> he has to dive in, into the skulls. <laughs> this movie's so good. This movie sucks ass. This movie has so <laughs> many fun images. Oh, I don't agree. Like, when he dives into the skulls. See, here's the thing, though. This movie is so, like dreary and self-serious that that doesn't even feel fun to me it just feels like dumb yeah this is not this movie doesn't have any oh well, i guess it has jokes it doesn't have any good jokes this is trying to be a serious epic cinema there's a fucking joke in the final fight scene that is like again so bleak and dour and they're just punching each other up and then zod smashes superman into a sign that says like it's been 100 and whatever days since our last <laughs> workplace accident and he knocks the numbers off to turn it into a zero and it is literally it, it is literally <laughs> blinking you miss it i think it is on screen for about six frames <laughs> That's such a good joke, too. It's like a classic joke that they just don't, like, commit to at all. It also, it's like, it's totally out of place in the scene. Like, ugh. I would love for this to be a movie where that joke is the right tenor for it, but it's not. Do you think, um, that Laura had to give birth early because the plan's blowing up tomorrow? Because the timing on this is is so tight. He's born that morning. The plant blows yeah, up much that like night. Zod, Jor is really pushing this to the limit. <laughs> Y'all have got to start your plans earlier than this. So they, they send off their baby boy to space with the codex. The codex. Right. They infuse the skull into his body. So that his genes contain um, all the information of all the unborn Kryptonians. Right, and also they put a, cool, a fun little USB drive in the back of the, the ship. That contains Jarrell's ghost on it. Yep. Sorry, Laura, I didn't have time to make a cool ghost for you. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, Zot's kind of a chump for being, like, the, the bread-perfect general soldier, because Jorel, the scientist, just kind of beats him up. Yeah, uh-huh, that's true. I guess maybe he built a little Batman suit for himself. He did build, like, a, a little Batman suit for himself. That is true, Yeah. Uh, and then as soon as the ship takes off, they try to, like, shoot it down, but they get shot down because Zod's coup sucked shit and he was bad at it. But he gets sent to the Phantom Zone, ensuring that he will live through the destruction of the planet. Him and all of his minions kind of get encased in... They get, like, frozen, but it kind of looks like they just get encased in sort of... They, they look kind of phallic to me when they're in the, like, weird pods that they float into the Phantom Zone with. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
They got kind of that flared base, then the, like the rounded tip. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got some phallic imagery to it. Mm-hmm. You've been sentenced to become a ghost dildo, Zod. <laughs> <laughs> and then Krypton blows up. That's a bummer. You hate to see that. 33 years later, Superman's on an oil rig. They really make sure you know that it's 33 years later. Do you get it? Uh, What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, you see, that's the age of Jesus Christ of Nazareth when he was crucified. But he doesn't get crucified in this movie. No, but he sure does a lot of T-posing. Okay. And a lot of talking about, don't you think I should sacrifice myself for the good of the world while there's a stained glass picture of Jesus behind him? <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's, the meta, it's the established Superman metaphor. Uh-huh. <laughs> Superman, he's, he doesn't get along with anyone. He's just, he's just uh, a drifter doing odd jobs, but whenever he gets a chance to help someone, he takes it. Right, he's working on, like, a fishing boat, and everyone's like, ah, you dumb rookie, you greenhorn, blah. But there's a burning oil platform, and he takes off to go rescue everybody from it. Yeah, he's a hero. He's he's a hero, that's true. He's a heroic hero. Yeah. Yeah, Henry Cavill shirtless with this beard while he's lifting this oil rig. Pretty good looking. (laughs) Pretty good looking guy. Pretty aesthetically pleasing gentleman. But, you know, it hasn't always been so easy for Clark Kent. When, it was, when he no. was a kid, it was harder for him. Yeah, we cut back while he's, like, you know, passed out in the ocean afterwards uh, to, yeah, when he was a little kid in school. And, you know, he doesn't have control over his superpowers yet. So life is just a nonstop horror show for him. Yeah, he's he's sensing everything all the time, all at once. And he's getting overstimulated. And he hates that movie. <laughs> he hates that movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I kind of like this idea that, like, yeah, he's just constantly overstimulated and, like, basically he's just a neurodivergent kid, but, like, you know, because of superpowers. That's a fun concept that I don't, I wish they did more with. Yeah, this is my favorite aspect of the film. I do kind of see this in, um, Henry Cavill's performance because his Superman is, like, when he talks, he's not a guy who would give an inspiring speech. He's, like, very terse and matter-of-fact. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it seems like he's just always observing and processing information. And by the time he opens his mouth, he's already thought of the most efficient way to say what he's saying. Sure. Yeah, I I can see that. But yeah, like he has to run and hide in a closet and he uses his heat vision to overheat the doorknob so the teacher can't open it. But then his mom comes and she's like, hey, honey, what if you what if you stopped? And he's like, oh, okay. now you said it, mom. I'm good. It's better than that, but you know. She says, you know, try just focus on my voice. Yeah, it's it's not, I'm being flippant, but you know. It is a sweet scene. It is going to make the bullying worse for old Clark, I'm sorry to say. Oh yeah, because all the kids are watching as his mom has to call, talk him down out of this. It would be easier if he just got to be Superboy. Yeah, he, yeah, but fucking, his dad won't let him be Superboy, goddammit. That's accurate to the original film that this is a remake of. Uh, I don't think his dad tells him he should have let a high school, uh, a school bus full of teenagers die in the original. To be fair, he does not say he should have let him die. He says, 
Maybe. Oh, everything in his body language and delivery is saying, yes, I do think that. I'm just not, listen, I'm not, I don't want to admit that I think that. Yeah, he thinks that. It's something he's considering. That's not the same thing as being committed to it. I'm saying in his opinion, that was the right course of action. And he understands enough that that's a horrible thing to say that he, you know, tries to, uh, you know, not go full bore on it. Yeah, he's struggling with what he believes. Yeah, because what he believes is monstrous. Yeah. Because <laughs> he sucks. I don't think he sucks. I think he's just he's just a, a parent doing parent things where he wants he wants his kid to be able to fit in. So he tells him to hide who he is. But oh, that just means he'll never fit in because no one can ever know him. I think Paul Kent is just like one of the worst things about this movie. It, like asinine. Asinine? I just. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Between the fucking. I don't know. Maybe you should have let all those kids drown to death in front of you. Maybe that would have been good. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. And the fucking tornado scene. I'm just like, what the fuck is your problem, man? He just wants his son to have a good life. Okay, but. You know, son, I want you to have a good life. And that's why I want you to <laughs> just look into my eyes as I'm taken away from you by something you could trivially save me from. But then everyone would know he's Superman. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but that's what Pocket doesn't understand. That's why he's a good character. He's an awful character that makes no fucking sense. I think he makes sense. I think he has consistent motivation of he doesn't want people to treat his son like a freak. I'll, no, because, no, it's not that he doesn't want his, people to treat his son like a freak. It's that he's like, I, I don't know if the world's ready for the implications of a super demand. So just keep it on the DL for now, kiddo. And, you know, as many people have to die for that to happen. Ah, that's fine. When will you be ready? Oh, I'll be, won't be my problem by the time that's come up. <laughs> You're being so uncharitable to Pa Kent. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying he's right. Obviously, he's wrong. Obviously, Superman should save the kids in the bus. I'm saying he's wrong in an uninteresting way. Okay, I think it's interesting. Well, I'm completely uninterested and just baffled that, no, like, what? Why am I watching a movie about this guy? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, they killed him off for you. <laughs> they sure did. Uh, yeah, so he saves a school bus full of kids, and yes, yeah, Pa Kent, I mean, we talked about it already. <laughs> what else is there to say? Pa Kent shows them the, the enormous ship, much bigger than the pod in the last movie that Clark arrived yeah. in. They have to build yes. the shed around this, probably. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I don't think they can move it. Right, yeah, they say later it's like tens of thousands of pounds. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's huge, and it's got that fancy USB stick in it still. Made out of something that's not even on the periodic table. I hate when they say that in movies. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what do you... Pa Kent and Man of Steel makes perfect sense to you. Well, why doesn't that make sense to you? Because th there's not going to be any more elements that matter. How do you know? We know all the stable elements. All the all the ones in the hundred tens are super unstable and are never found in nature. Okay, but are you are you seriously going to tell me it's impossible? Even from like in a science fiction story, that like, well, you know, given a few hundred thousand years, we'll learn. Actually, once you get to like the three hundreds, it gets interesting again. No, because that's not. How do you? That's not, how do you know? <laughs> Because that would be completely contrary to all understandings of physics. Yeah, and our understanding of the universe has never been <laughs> questioned or overturned with new discoveries. That's never happened at one time. Why would it be stable in the 300s? I don't know. I'm not a physicist and nor am I a future man. 
I'm just saying with Kryptonian, or they've got some kind of like, oh yeah, no, in in nature, this this like atom would collapse instantly. But with Kryptonian engineering, they've like you know synthesized a stable form. You know, there's the okay, sure, science fiction. That's fair. They could find a way to stabilize it. Right, physicists weigh in. (laughs) Physicists right into the show. Clark is in Canada, where this movie is uh, destroying the classic stereotype of Canadians being polite. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Because the Canadians in this bar are quite rude. They're quite mean to Clark Kent. Clark Kent tries to help out a woman who's being harassed, but the guy who's harassing her just uh, chucks his beer at him and punches him. Yeah. But, you know, obviously he's Superman, so he doesn't even reel back from the punch. He's he's turning the other cheek. Well, I don't know if we can go that far. <laughs> because he's, <laughs> he's turning the other cheek and then proceeds to turn the rest of his head to walk out the door and obliterate this man's truck. That's fair enough. <laughs> I guess maybe, he probably cut the power for some homes in the area, but... <laughs> Oh, I thought those were logs from the back of the truck. Oh, I thought there were power lines. I don't know. Oh, you know, I, I think the sparks are from the truck itself. Okay, well then fair enough. Victimless crime. <laughs> I remember this being a thing people whined about that like, oh, Superman wouldn't act like that. But like, he's not Superman yet. I'm fine with him being petty. That's fine. He does worse things in the last movie. Per- well, that's also true. But like, also like, yeah, that sounds like we've got room for this character to grow and develop. Perhaps he should learn some lessons and become the Superman over the course of a film. I also think it's basically fine that, like, yeah, he feels anger, but he's not going to let it out on a human. But he will let it out on an object. Right, he will simply uh, wither a fig tree that failed to produce figs out of season. Mm -hmm. Like our lord and savior. So in Canada, they found some kind of weird alien ship in the ice. Right, and they've brought in, uh, it didn't, like, the greatest journalist in the world, Lois Lane, because she's hot on the trail of this new scoop. I like Lois in this flick. I also like Lois in this flick. What I will say, I don't have a lot of good things to say about this movie. I think in general it's very well cast. Yeah. I wish all of these actors got to play these roles in a movie I liked better than this one. Well, we have a couple more of these actors in these roles ahead of us. Hey, may- maybe they'll bring me around. <laughs> maybe, who knows? Maybe. (laughs) Lois breaks into the ship even though all the Americans are telling her to get out of here because she's uh, an intrepid ace reporter. Right, yeah. And I'm only here because, you know, the appellate judge refused to let you bar me from seeing this, so go fuck yourselves, idiots. (laughs) So they give her a tent to sleep in with no toilet. Which, like, she she seems a little, like, ugh. But, like, she, her whole, like, backstory that they're running through is that she's, you know, got a huge reputation as, like, an embedded journalist in war zones and shit. I feel like she's probably had worse sleeping conditions than this one. Yeah, but that doesn't mean she has to like this one. That's fair, that's fair. So Superman and Lois are both rooting around in the ship, and Lois gets, uh, gets shot by a ghost or a robot. Yeah, there's the Kryptonian robots all around the ship, and Clark can, like, shut them down or just, like, punch them. But Lois, not so lucky. And we get the most, the most romantic scene in any movie we've seen so far, where Clark cauterizes Lois's wounds with his lasers. <laughs> You're putting that above upside-down kiss from Spider-Man? Yes. Hmm. Feel feel like I'm learning something about you here. <laughs> they they put this in the movie just for me. <laughs> I never knew you were a cauterization pervert. Mm, a little bit. <laughs> I 
do like that before that, his reaction, like, how, how can I calm her down? I know. I'll just keep saying, it's okay, it's okay, while I pin her to the floor. <laughs> that'll that'll calm her right down. <laughs> uh, but then the ship uh, takes off with Clark inside. Lois tries to publish the article, but her old friend Lawrence Fishburne, Perry White himself, yep. says, this is nonsense. We can't publish this crap. We're trying to run a paper here. Another actor were like, fuck, I love any time I get to see Lawrence Fishburne on screen. Has aged like a fine wine, but boy, they just don't give him that much to do in this one. No, he's just here to yell at Lois. He gets that one scene at the end where he's trying to save the intern from the rubble. And it's a really good scene, honestly, except that they haven't done enough to make me care about Perry in this movie. It is fully just cashing in on the fact that I love Lawrence Fishburne. I do love seeing Lawrence Fishburne. I love to look at him. He's a great guy to look at. Remember when they put him in that Ant-Man movie? They did. Oh, wow. What a waste of Lawrence Fishburne. He's not even in the new one, I don't think. God. But yeah, on the ship, Clark's flying around. This is basically this movie's version of the Fortress of Solitude scene. Yeah, this is the Batcave in question. Yeah, yeah, this is... How are we feeling about this Batcave? It's a pretty mid-Batcave. Yeah, it's not a very interesting Batcave. Jarrell's ghost tells Clark all all the history of the Kryptonians, how 100,000 years ago they colonized many planets and terraformed them to be more like Krypton. Right. And that was not horrifying, unlike later in this movie. No, it was a good thing, actually. One way I think this could be a better movie is if you didn't have the Krypton stuff at the top and this was our introduction to Jor-El and he's just like, you know, ah, I'm just the cool guy. And then like Zod shows up and feels like, no, yeah, we're Kryptonians. We fucking colonize shit. Yeah, your dad was like us too. And like Clark learning that also his dad sucked ass. That would have been interesting. I guess I'm just asking for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. That's just that movie. (laughs) A movie I thought was pretty all right. I think Jor-El in this movie is 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 uh, a poor father, uh, has a bad philosophy about Krypton. I think, uh, yeah, uh, he would he would win the worst father of the movie award if he wasn't competing with the all time greatest contender. What, what I'm not sure about is 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 that what I'm supposed to take from the film? I don't think so. He's supposed to be like, oh, yes, you'll inspire them. They'll join you in the sun. We'll, you, you'll be the bridge between our two worlds, Clark. Well, that's the thing is, like, he's saying the classic Superman thing. He's saying what all the people want to hear about Superman. Right. But then it's it clearly contradicts what he said before about his son having his own path. Sure, I guess so. But I guess the idea is, like, you can do that in your own way, however you want to do it, and not... I get what you're saying. But, like, it's all there that he's kind of full of shit. Is that what I'm supposed to take from it? I don't know. I, based on this movie alone, I'll say I do not think you're supposed to think of him as anything other than, like, a good guy who has, like, noble aspirations and love for his son and all that shit. Like, I, I, I don't think you're supposed to be like, what the fuck, this guy? Jorrell explains that not only does this place have lower gravity and more oxygen in the atmosphere and a better sun, but also there's one more thing he said. What did he say? Uh, I don't remember. He, uh, he was like, yeah, no, he's just like, the, the atmosphere is richer, but the gravity is lower. I, I, I kind of like them, you know, trying to explain why Superman would make any sense. Obviously it doesn't, but you know, it's fun to see them be like, oh, here's, here's some things that might matter. 
Um, and yeah, Superman steps out with his, like, fucking whole suit. I kind of like this bit, other than, again, please, God, put a color in this movie, uh, of him, like, trying to fly, but, like, he can't really do it right away. No, he can only, uh, leap a tall building in a single bound and then fall with style. Yeah, I, I like him falling and, like, crashing into the mountain and all that. I really love the portrayal of Kryptonians as just flying bowling balls. Yeah, kind of. Anytime they hit something and it's not like a light tap, that thing's going to explode. They, You know what? I'd like this movie better if there was like a, a bowling strike sound effect every time a Kryptonian <laughs> hits something. <laughs> oh, what was that one movie that did that? Uh, the Matrix Reloaded. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> what a good movie! It's one of the best movies ever made. Featuring two actors in this movie. That's right, Lawrence Fishburne and... Um, and that other guy who plays the, the stuffy general in both yeah, movies. Yeah, Commander Locke. <laughs> yeah, I don't know his name. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. There's huh. Commander Locke has a little secret, and I want you to keep oh, this in mind as we talk about the next few movies. I want you to try to okay. guess what his secret is. Oh, wait, Commander Locke's in this movie, not in The Matrix. Yeah, yeah, okay. the Commander Locke's character in this film. Okay. Yeah, General yeah, yeah. something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I will try to remember and figure out what his secret could possibly be. <laughs> Superman learns to fly. Uh, Lois you know, goes flying around the world, you know. Lois does all her just meat and potatoes investigative work, talking to everyone who's ever talked to Clark, and eventually tracking down his mom. This is the part of the movie that I kind of like. Yeah. I like that Lois is, like, a good reporter in this movie, and you get to see her doing, like, journalism work. Yeah, she just has to, she just has to do it. She wouldn't, she doesn't just show up having done it. I, so, how long has it been since you've seen the original Tim Burton Batman? Um, 20 years. Years. Okay, I don't know if you remember this. That movie in the opening chunk follows Vicky Vale more than Bruce Wayne, where she's like a reporter trying to like track down these urban legends about there's some kind of Batman? What? And, you know, eventually she like gets closer to Batman and then it just shifts to being more about Batman. This se this sequence made me think again, I just want a movie that is just locked into that point of view. Like, give me, a, give me the movie that is this sequence, but that's the movie. Lois Lane just traveling the world hunting down rumors of superman i also really like the dynamic of superman having to be like um agent 47 superman oh sure yeah like, there's even shots when lois <laughs> was talking to the generals like superman's in there as just one of those guys in the right. background yeah uh she eventually talks to the grown-up version of one of clark's bullies from high school who works at an ihop now so that you know that you know hey don't worry your bullies don't have a bad life I, I I think that's what they're going for because they even show him reconciling with that guy like against other books that's yeah. true he does yeah that guy after he gets saved in the bus is less shitty to him like he's like helps him up from the other bullies and stuff yeah, yeah i don't think it's supposed to be like pathetic that he's an ihop manager just like yeah this is what a normal person from smallville kansas would would have as a job yeah you might be right i might be being too judgy uh, but yeah, uh, Lois eventually, I, I like that Lois just figures out who Superman is. That's good to me. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I'm not, like, fully anti this movie, just on the whole, I'm, I'm gonna run out of, we're gonna hit a point where I'm out of nice things to say. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that much further than this. 
So Clark asks Lois to stop looking into him. Don't publish anything about him because he tells the story of how his papa died. Yeah. And then this is the scene that really impressed me with Henry Cavill's acting because I did not initially clock him as playing his teenage Superman. Yeah, yeah, he does a good job here. Um, his, his voice and body language are completely different and now he is a teenager. Yeah, they're driving down the highway and having an argument. He's like, whatever, you're not even my real dad. My real dad's a cool alien somewhere. And Kevin Costner's like, well, yeah, I guess that's true, kiddo. Oh, anyway, you can't help anybody ever, though. <laughs> you gotta be a farmer like me. That's like, he doesn't even want to, like, he's like, oh, what's wrong with being a farmer, huh? That helps people. They gotta eat. Haven't you ever seen a rally, Zad? <laughs> he's right. Farmers... <laughs> Uh, so, you know, everyone's running off the highway because this tornado just formed out of nowhere and is, like, eating everybody up. Uh, but wouldn't you know it, so they left their they left poor Hank the dog in that car. You can't leave Hank the dog in there. You can't. You know what? Pawcan was a hero who gave his life to save Hank the dog. I'm an animal lover. <laughs> I love dogs. <laughs> if I If someone told me, oh my god, Hank is still in the car and I ran to save them as the tornado was bearing down on me and I opened the door and there's a fucking dog in there, I, with, with my last words, I will curse the person that sent me after this fucking dog. <laughs> Pockhand breaks, breaks his ankle, he can't get over it, and tells Clark not to save him. And Clark just watches him die, because he trusted his father that, that it, would, it would not be worth it to reveal himself as a superman. Yeah, um, couldn't be me. Skill issue, Clark. I would simply save him. And then Lois uh, agrees to Clark's request. She's just normal about it. It's like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, all right, I, I won't expose you to the world, and I'll, I'll look like a fool, because also I leaked my alien story to, like, an online blog or something that, you know, posts a bunch of fake news. She's the only person who learned that he was a Superman and then just treated him normal. Yeah. That's why he falls in love with her. That's true. Uh, you know, Perry's me like, well, all right, I, I really expected more of a fight about this. Clearly you did learn that aliens are real. I'm simply going to ignore that because nope, not working with that. So a weird thing about this movie, I was thinking about this while watching because this movie presents the world as just being normal 2013 and then Superman comes in and makes it superheroes. Sure. But the next movie will present a very mature DC universe where Batman has been Batman for like 30 years. Really? Jason Todd's already dead. Yeah. Like the Justice Society of America is old. Yeah. But I guess none of those guys were aliens. Yeah, I mean, I guess, again, I have not seen any other Snyderverse movie, um, but I guess the idea is like, hey, a man dressing up like a bat to fight clowns in Chicago is like, that's that's newsworthy for a week. It's not, hey, everything you know about the world is different. What about uh, if there was an island of immortal Amazons? Do they know there's an island of immortal Amazons, though? They know there's some kind of Wonder Woman with magical abilities. I, I'll admit I have not even seen Wonder Woman, so... Who appears both in 1917 and uh, 1984. Oh, that's true! Night Wonder Woman 84 takes place before this, you're right. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Even though it came out like a decade practically later. Yeah, we know that there have been Shazams and Black Adams throughout history. Right, which rewrote the entire power hierarchy. It did, actually. We should watch Black Adam on this show. <laughs> I think that movie's pretty good. I haven't watched it. Every impression I have based on, like, short clips and just the way people talk about it is it's, what if this movie was somehow even worse? <laughs> <laughs> 
Black Adam, probably a better movie than Man of Steel. Okay, all right, well. Well, it seems like all the conflict's been resolved. Uh, yeah. Lois isn't going to bother Superman anymore. Superman found out who his family was, so now he has, like, a, you know, a renewed sense of purpose for himself. Right, but then an alien ship is spotted on the radar in the military command room. <laughs> General Zod hacks every screen on the planet, and it just becomes a yes. horror movie for three minutes. <laughs> yeah they all just say you are not alone in i was about to say every language but i think it's just english and chinese i think so i guess the kryptonians speak the all tongue which i guess between those two you've covered a lot of your bases no i'm seeing in spanish in here okay <laughs> uh but yeah he's uh talking about how there's a kryptonian who's been living among you for 33 years and you need to release him into my custody or I'll blow up the earth. Don't worry, he's not, He's he's been deceiving you. He's not one of you, so you, sh- you shouldn't be mad about it, actually. You should be fine. But he's only not one of them because of Pa Kent's philosophy. Right, uh-huh. He never, he never got a chance to integrate. He's been keeping himself apart. Right. Which is a different thing than him being in a cave in ice college for 12 years. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, the yeah, the Ice College also bad. Like, eh. if he, I, I'd like it if they made a good Superman movie, personally. You just watched one. No, I didn't. What would be your good Superman flick? Oh, I don't know. Off, just, it'd be a lot closer to the 79 one. If I was, like, 58, I would probably think the 79 one is a good Superman movie. It's just, I don't know, there's stuff about it that's aged horribly. Like, that with less of the weird bullshit in it. Yeah, that if it had like uh, like a story, it had like some sort of character conflict. Ah, or just less of like him just being, just terrorizing Lois Lane for fun. <laughs> I'd settle, you take that out, I'm pretty much good. Ah, that movie had boring, trim it down, make it less boring, make him less of a dick to Lois. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that movie. I watched some of the uh, Fleischer Superman cartoons recently because I thought, well, these are probably pretty good, right? They had like a million, billion, trillion dollars to animate these. Right, I mean, they're definitely like important for like the legacy of animation or whatever. Here's the thing, they're not very good. No? I, it, I've i never had such an experience of like, I can see the money on the screen. I can see that these right. these frames are luxurious and there are 24 of them per second. Sure, which is all you look for in a film. I mean, that that's more than you usually get for animation. That's true. You're usually lucky to get 12. But the things that are happening in the frames are just not very interesting. Hmm, okay. Well, I think, uh, is there one of those where he fights the uh, uh, parasite? Or am I thinking of a different Superman cartoon? That's I didn't catch that one, if it is. Okay, then I'm thinking of something okay. else. Yeah, why is it so tough to make a Superman flick that everyone likes? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, part of it to me is that Superman is just kind of inherently goofy. And if you try to make it as self-serious as this movie, you can do this with Batman and it kind of works. I think it's kind of stupid when you do it with Superman. He, it, Crypto the Superdog wouldn't make sense in this movie's universe. And that's a fucking problem as far as I'm concerned. That is a problem. If I can't see a horse with a cape, then you made a bad Superman movie. They did make a whole movie for the Super Pets recently. Sure, but that one, A, didn't look that good, and B, it's like, you know, that's a kid's movie, so they're not embarrassed by the goofier shit in it, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Just embrace the goofy shit! Goofy shit's fun! Well, it's fine, guys. You can look forward to Zack Snyder's Justice League. Okay! (laughs) You say so! (laughs) Uh, Superman talks to the priest. 
Yeah, he talks to the priest, like, hey, by the way, I'm the alien. Do you think I should be Jesus Christ for humanity? He's not sure if, if it's worth turning himself in, because he can't trust Zod, but can he trust humanity either? This priest has real weird energy, and I think it's supposed to just be he's just kind of like, hey, this is he is out of his depth with this question. But I kind of am just getting the sense that he's very attracted to Henry Cavill and is too distracted <laughs> by that to really focus on the conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. He keeps licking his lips. Yeah, he's like doing big gulps. <laughs> yeah. He wants to impress this guy. He wants to say the right thing. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good that Superman struggles with doubt about his mission. Sure, that's fine. I think it's goofy that he expresses this doubt while in a stained glass window of Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, he turns himself into the military, they handcuff him, and he's kind of playing along as though that matters. Uh, in this scene, we have, uh, some fun where instead of, uh, muted browns, we get some muted blues for a while in this interrogation room. It's a pretty, pretty blue part of the flick here. Yeah, I would just take those blues, put them in the sky, please. That's where they ought to be. Uh, but yeah, so he can, you know, oh my god, Superman can see through the one-way glass, and he can also see the mints in the doctor's pocket, and blah blah blah. Tells the general that America will never control him, but they don't have to be enemies. Yeah, so he, you know, he's gonna get turned over to Zod. Uh, Zod's forces also want Lois for, do they say why? Because she, um, she knows where Superman's mom is. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> right, because right, they're going to read her brain and get more about Clark. That's mm -hmm. true. Yeah. Okay, I forgot about that part. Uh, they give her, like, a fancy high-tech space helmet so that she can breathe on the Kryptonian ship. Uh, Superman basically gets the bends on this ship. They tricked him. They made him pass out by putting him in a bad atmosphere that they're used to. Yeah, I don't even know if they tricked him or they're like, oh, shit, fuck, we didn't think about that no, one. I think this is an Odysseus move. I think they, they deceived him. It, I could see it either way. It doesn't matter. Like, the, the upshot's the same, where he gets taken to the Genesis room, which is just a hollow deck, and Zod's like, hey, Clark, look, we're on your farm that you grew up on. What if I murdered it and turned it into skulls? Would that be cool? Are you cool with that, man? <laughs> Would you like to join us in blowing up your planet? <laughs> Zod is not a persuasive speaker, I don't he's, think. He's not, he was not genetically engineered to be a public speaker. <laughs> you know, that's He was fair. engineered to be a general. Just seems like if you're trying to get this kid on board with nuking this entire planet, killing everybody, clearly that's going to be a tough sell. Maybe don't drown him in skulls. I'm not sure that's going to be an effective tactic. I think I think he uh once he once he lays eyes on Clark he's like oh this wimp I don't need him just let me yeah. just extract the code from his nuts. This part of the movie is basically just a worse version of the Saiyan saga of Dragon Ball Z. It's kind of like the Saiyan saga of Dragon Ball Z, but not as good. Not as I good. Mean, yeah. Hey, you know you know what has good fights between super powered aliens flying around and punching each other is Dragon Ball Z. Well, I mean, yeah. That that's not a fair comparison because <laughs> Dragon Ball Z is the best is the best. Perhaps they should have studied it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, none of the movies we've watched have had action as good as Dragon Ball Z. Okay, well, sounds like a skill issue. <laughs> I just think, uh, maybe Naruto's a fairer comparison. <laughs> and this, this isn't, this doesn't have the action as good as Naruto. No. Uh, 
But yeah, so he's gonna drown the world in skulls, and Clark's like, but I don't want you to, and Zod's like, oh, too bad, idiot. Uh, also, it's your fault that we're even here, because you touched that ship uh, earlier in the movie, and that gave us a distress beacon. Also, we broke out of the Phantom Zone. I don't know why they'd make it so we would stop being in the Phantom Zone if they died, but, uh, you know, grateful they did. they're all short-sighted fools, Luke. They are all short-sighted fools, that is true. They're just sticking to their procedure, even as the world is blowing up. Right, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so Clark is like strapped to a table and because of, you know, the Kryptonian atmosphere on the ship, he can't break out. He's, he's just a normal man. He's not super at all. Um, you could cut every single one of these cutaways to the fucking military mission command and I would not care. Yeah, I don't know why they put so so much focus on the military guys. Mm, I think it's because that's how movies work these days, especially big budget action movies. That's not really how the the next of these work, though. But I guess this is the first one. Mm, that's that's a relief, at least. Um, uh, Jor-El and Lois kills Lois kills two men in this movie. That's true. Yeah. Maybe they didn't die, but she at least shot them. Right, right. And Jor-El crushes three in a trap. He does. And teaches her how to stop Zod, which this is the fourth time I've seen this movie. I still don't really understand what what, what Jor-El taught her. Oh, yeah. No? <laughs> I didn't think about it, but you're right. Because it cuts past it here, but then later she goes to Superman, Superman, I know how to stop Zod. But it kind of cuts past it there, too. <laughs> He just kind of, um, he just kind of blows up the, the, where all the babies are kept, right? I guess, yeah. That was his big plan. <laughs> right. And then he has Superman, like, they're, like, making the atmosphere Earth-like enough that he gets superpowers back. So he blows open a hole in the spaceship and Christ poses out of it. <laughs> Here's the fucking thing about Jesus metaphors, like, in this mm -hmm, movie. Yeah. The whole thing about Jesus as, like, separate it from, like, religious beliefs or whatever. Just have it, like, the character in the story of the gospel. His thing is that he doesn't, he doesn't beat up guys, Crystal. He gets murdered. Yeah. And in being murdered shows how he is, how he and us two are, like, truly unbound by death. It's not about, well, I punched that guy real good. Yeah, no, he's not he's not a puncher really at all. Like this Superman is not an allegory for Christ. It's an allegory for that one painting of the really buff Jesus breaking his arms off the cross. <laughs> he's an allegory for Neo. <laughs> Neo is closer to being a decent Jesus allegory because like he does still fight the agents and especially in the later movies, but in that first one it's more just like I've been resurrected and now I'm untouchable. He does still dive into Smith, I guess, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, I mean the third movie they get there. Third movie they definitely get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it's, you know, more about like blazing a trail for others to follow, which this movie gestures at doing but doesn't really. No, that's not Superman does not inspire any people in this film. No, and if you wrote it different, that scene where Perry and what's his name are trying to save Jenny could be that that scene except perry has no stated opinions about superman and no interactions with him because Jorl says here that you can save them you can save all of them which is not true right it doesn't happen no millions of people die in this movie right it's, it's not even something close to that could be true which why i feel like right. Jorl seems like he's written to be full of shit i uh... I think without, again, maybe there's stuff in later movies that'll recontextualize that stuff. I think taking this movie on its own, I think that is just a fault in the writing and not a deeper, like, subtext. 
I think uh, a running theme in this movie is that people have all sorts of ideas about how people will react to Superman, but they're all right. wrong about it. Sure. I guess. I mean, yeah, the uh, here's the thing. Uh, the ending of this movie is so weird because, again, like, Ultra 9-11 happened and aliens caused it. And we're shown nothing about... And I know fucking Batman vs. Superman is going to get to it. But we're shown nothing about how that has changed the world. You know what I mean? Because so much of this movie is, how will people react to this? And it turns out, how do they react to it is, eh, kind of just go back to normal. Yeah, we just see Clark's perspective of it, of him getting a job. Right. Like, I wasn't even aware the Daily Planet building was still standing after that fucking fight, you know? <laughs> Maybe they moved. That whole city was just like, it was a just plain of ash in the downtown area surrounded by half burnt out skyscrapers. 24 911s per second. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so now Zod's attacking at Clark's farm, and he gets real mad that he's threatening his ma. They take a fight to Smallville. Yeah, there's a he punches Zod in the face a whole bunch and fucks up his space helmet. So Zod just rips it off, but now he's getting the full, you know, overstimulation aspect of it. And Clark's like, yeah, idiot, I grew up here. I had to learn to deal with that shit. You're, you, you, now you're just getting it for the first time? You, there's no way you'll simply handle it by the next time we see you. <laughs> He learns fast. Like, this should be the climax of the movie. This should be what happens at the end of their fight that is like how Superman beats him. Instead, it is just a tossed off like, oh, hey, yeah, that would be a thing. Well, anyway, back to the punching. Wait, how would Superman beat him like this? I'm saying Zod losing his helmet should happen at the end of their like final battle and he gets overstimulated and like can't handle it and like that gives Superman the edge to win. Okay, yeah. Because it should be about how Superman is the child of both worlds. And Zod, you know, it should be like a metaphor for how Zod can only see things from one perspective and Superman's had to adopt many to like live. Uh -huh. You could even, because he's been like walking the earth like a traveling, you know, guardian angel, be like, yeah, it's not even just like Kansas shit. I've like, I've got all sorts of people that I've like touched and who've touched me and you've just got your one like single train of mind and like you can't you know you can't think in any other way and you can't even survive in a world that's not built for you but you know i've always had to survive in a world not built for me zod and you know if say a sam raimi wrote and directed this movie he would have had tons of little scenes with random people along the way building little relationships that that would feel like yeah that is what this movie's been about yeah they gave all that to the military guys I, I just re-listened to our Spider-Man episodes, and man, those movies are so good. Those are some of the best movies we've seen. They really are. <laughs> Sam Raimi is the only fucker that seems to know how to write a superhero story. Maybe he, maybe his Doctor Strange is good. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen yeah. it either. <laughs> Superman eventually um, routes the evil Kryptonians. Yeah, long fight with the evil Kryptonians in downtown Smallville, which, you know it's downtown because it's got a Sears. <laughs> Well, fancy. You know, it's 2013 because it's got a Sears. <laughs> I didn't even think of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Really, uh, I like that that works on multiple levels because even for 2013, Sears is pretty out of date. But in Smallville, yeah, they probably got like one of the four Searses left on <laughs> Earth. They're not getting a Lowe's here. It's Smallville. No, 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 no. They're lucky to have an IHOP. Yeah. Zod activates a terraforming machine. 
He sure does. Yeah, it's like the ship splits in half. It's a world engine. Half of it goes to a random spot in the Indian Ocean that is the exact opposite end of the world from Metropolis. And the two machines just kind of start dubstepping at each other to create a laser through the Earth's core to increase our planet's mass to make the gravity like Krypton. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what they're doing. That's what they say they're doing and also putting some kind of particulate into the atmosphere to change it. Oh my god, they're terraforming. And they also release a bunch of tentacles. They do have a bunch of tentacles for defensive purposes. <laughs> this is this is the beginning of a big 30-minute explosion scene. Oh, you know, no, you know what? I know what uh, Jor-El told Lois how to defeat Zod. It's to use the uh, Superman spaceship to, as a bomb. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's the part. Because it's, you see, Zod made his ship out of the phantom projector that put them in the phantom zone to create a phantom drive. And that's also the principle that Superman's baby ship worked on. So if they collide with one another, it'll create a singularity sucking Zod into a black hole. And boy, I wished all that dumb techno babble sounded as fun as it did when I just said it. No, it's just guys looking at screens saying that they're fucking our pussies. It's just guys looking at screens in gold and muted gray being like, my god, this would create some kind of phantom singularity. Just, ah, ah. While uh, <laughs> Metropolis is being destroyed, Jarell tries to reason with Zod, tells him that our people can coexist. But then Zod says, I, I looked at your son, he's a little weenie. I'm not gonna become weak like him. Also, this sucks, bro. I had to look at my bones for like a whole minute before I got used to it. <laughs> he just, he steps outside and just kind of takes a minute. He's like, oh, okay, this is fine, actually. Yeah, he's general. It's lame. You think he should have struggled with it for the rest of the film? I think that should happen near the end okay. of the film. So that, yes, he'd, he'd be struggling for the rest of it, but like, or just have him with the helmet on after this. I don't know. That's just such a, like, obvious way to make it. It's very like, um, War of the Worlds, right? We're like, oh, what destroys the aliens in the end? None of our weapons. It's the fact that, like, you know, they're just not adapted to live on Earth, so microbes kill them or whatever. It should just be that, but with the senses. That would be a pretty good idea for a flick. Yeah. <laughs> they should hire you to write a Superman movie. I could write a better Superman movie than Zack Snyder or whoever wrote the 79 one. I'm confident. You're saying you could write a better book than the author of The Godfather. <laughs> did he? This is not who wrote it right. Uh -huh. It is, isn't it? Uh, you know, if that book was about one super Clark Kent man, yes. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Now it's time for big action 9-11. It seems like the big beam in the sky is going to disintegrate Lawrence Fishburne, but actually Superman flies into it. Yeah, Superman has a long time where he's in the Indian Ocean. He's trying to fight the machine, but because it's Kryptonian atmosphere around it, he's weaker. But then he just simply grits his teeth and does it anyway. The thing I've already talked about in this podcast that I hate when it happens. You, you would like uh, characters to overcome obstacles based on some sort of character arc. Yeah, perhaps some sort of internal growth or, you know, a reflection of the themes of the story instead of him just simply screaming louder and making it happen. He gets he gets knocked out by it. It was tough on his on his on him. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, and yeah, again, Perry and uh, what's this other guy's name? Lom Lombard. Lombard. It is now Lombard. Yeah, I think it's Lombard. They're trying to save Jenny, the intern from the rubble, and like again, Lawrence Fishburne, good actor. I think the actor playing Jenny really sells the fear of it. But I don't know who these fucking people are, so I can only care so much. Yeah, they're the normal humans. 
Right. They, yeah, I, I wish there was more of them so that this felt like more of like a, an important scene and not just kind of like, well, something should be happening. I do like um, after Superman gets tuckered out by flying to the beam, the, the sun parts through the clouds and he reaches out his hand to it to suck up its yummy radiation. <laughs> It is funny how in two different scenes, fucking Jor-El says, your cells are drinking the sun's radiation. <laughs> he is saved by the bounty of the Earth's sun. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, they're trying to do the bombing run on the other side of the ship, but they can't get it to work because they need to rotate one part of it 12 degrees. <laughs> And the scientist guy is just like, hey, wait a second. Twist, click. Oh, there we go. Now it's working. <laughs> I figured it out. Why even have that? You gotta make this movie two and a half hours. I I guess. I do, I, again, don't have a lot of good to say. Real, oh, one other thing too. That fucking Smallville fight, the CG looks like dog shit in that scene. Jesus Christ. Looks like a fucking PS3 game for half of it. What's wrong with looking like a PS3 game? Well... You know, I, <laughs> I I like the way Fiora <laughs> just sort of zips from spot to spot like a PS3 model. That's what I was about to say. I kind of like how she fights with the super speed where it is just kind of like she is just popping around and punching. It reminds dudes. me of Jumper. Sure. Great... We should cover Jumper and uh, Push sometime. Aren't those like part of the same like franchise or something? Yes. Push, Push, it might be have a different title, but there was some Jumper related um, YouTube original series. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. It was not a film. Huh. huh. It was also the video game. I didn't know they had a video game of a push or jumper. Of jumper. It's called Jumper Griffin's okay. Griffin's Story, telling the story of Griffin. <laughs> Great. I'm so glad. Griffin's sort of uh the, the Sasuke of the jumpers. Oh, okay. <laughs> he has a dark past. Yeah. Um it's funny to me that all the soldiers keep trying to shoot at the Kryptonians, no matter how many times they show that just doesn't. But uh, oh no, the smallville fight where the the like soldier dude is like i'll use the big gun that's not hurting her i'm out of bullets i'll use my pistol shit that's out of bullets what do i do now i'll draw my knife <laughs> well, what else are you supposed to do you just give up like pa kent i mean which which one do you want i mean i guess given the choice you're right it just you know maybe try to run that's not gonna no, work, either, not gonna work but, you know, much less, that, that would not be a good death that's true that's true and a good death is its own reward is i love in the movie. movie when two enemies on a battlefield gain the warrior's respect sure i don't know if that happens here it kind of happens she respects him for putting up a fight even though he's gonna lose I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. And then he turns it on her and says the same thing to her because they can't bomb the ship, but they can just crash their bomber into the ship, which will have the same effect. And they all die except for Lois, who was stupidly standing right by the fucking hatch over the, you know, out of the plane. So she gets knocked out of it and saved by Superman. Lois is a lucky gal. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, and also Clark fucked up Zod's ship and Zod was like, no, if you do that, then Krypton will die. And Superman goes, Krypton had its chance. Laser eyes. Kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> and then the city is completely fucking annihilated again michael shannon good actor i like how when he gives this little monologue he is like trembling with rage but his voice is staying like low and like like it's not slipping into his voice at all it's just in his body language yeah i don't understand this whole krypton baby plot line 
Uh, go on. Because the part of this movie that I like is the characterization of Clark and Henry Cavill's performance. That's what really works for me. Okay. What What is being said with this Krypton baby plotline? Um, you mean just about how, like, the Kryptonians were, like, born in the weird vats or whatever? Like, yeah, like, what, what does it mean thematically for Clark to blow up the ship? Oh, sure. Um, I mean, I think it just means that, you know... If, I think Clark's feeling of, on the whole thing is just, hey, if Krypton can only live by murdering the Earth, then fuck Krypton, I guess. But yeah, I don't know how that ties into the imagery of the, the babies and the weird pods. The the Chamber of Guff. <laughs> uh-huh. That's from a different movie. Yeah, it's so, something to do with the Chamber of Guff. I leave the rest to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like Warshack. <laughs> All right, great. Zod and Superman do some punching and kicking and flying and lasers. Zod gets laser beams because now he's breathing in the oxygens. Right, he learns how to do laser eyes. He can't control it good. Um, no. And uh, they fight for a while. I'm looking at the time and just being like, Jesus Christ, come on, get it over with. The part I really like is when Zod kicks a truck at Superman and he jumps up over it and then it blows up behind him. And he turns around to look at it like, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) This is also the part I was talking about with the accident sign. Well, yeah, this job has worked 106 days without an accident. Clark hits the sign, zero days. Womp, womp. The common criticism I hear of this movie is that Superman should have um, redirected the fight elsewhere, like Goku. Sure, I mean... <laughs> and a, a funny part of that is that Superman does take Zod into space. Into space, and then right back down into the same place they were fighting on With Earth. incredible precision. Right back to the same scene. Yeah! <laughs> what? It's so strange! <laughs> Um, yeah, they fight, and they fight, and they fight, and then they cr- Yeah, right. After they go into space, they crash into a bank, where somehow someone in this goddamn city is still alive to be threatened. <laughs> I, I, I do enjoy just the sheer spectacle of bowling balls being thrown at buildings here. Oh, I am intensely bored by this fight scene. I'm not sure, um, I think this is another expression of Zack Snyder's philosophy that- uh, you know, if, if superheroes fight, the, the damage should be large and real. There's no way for them to do it cleanly. But again, like Watchmen, this kind of slips into the comedic. It slips into the comedic, and it also just slips into, like, you do it so much that it loses meaning. Especially when you don't, like, okay, sure. If we're going to say, hey, if Goku and Vegeta fight, it simply would have to result in millions of deaths. Okay, sure. You have to grapple with that then, though. Or what are you doing? You're just being the edgy kid in the class. You have to, like, actually explore that idea and, like, talk about how that would affect people. Fucking, like, Marvel movies joking about the blip contend with that shit more than this, and that's not a compliment to the Marvel movies, you know? Uh, But yeah, there's people running. This is the famous uh, scene where there's a couple of people that, like, just don't run. They're just kind of like, oh, jeez, what's going on over there, you guys? Oh. And uh, Zod's like, I'm going to kill them because you like them, Cal. Wah! And is slowly lasering towards them, and uh, these people decide, I know what I'll do. I'll cower deeper into this corner instead of running the other way. They took the third option, not like Pockhant, not like the army guy. They just took the cower option. Yeah, just 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 run, guys. You can go the other way. He's only shooting one wall. He panicked. I just yeah, and then you know Clark 
Sid, oh, he's wrestling with him. He's trying to stop him from pointing his laser eyes at him, and he just can't do it. He's not strong enough to keep him from doing that, but he's strong enough to snap his neck, though, and that's what he does. And he's, he screams because he's severed his last connection to Krypton. No! An hour before, he thought he's, he finally found his people, but now all his people are truly dead, except for maybe some lost Kryptonian colonies that they set up earlier. Uh-huh, right. They Like, for this to re- really make sense, and listen, we can talk about the one thing people talk about with this, but, like, for Cal to, or Clark to be this upset about Zod dying, Zod would need to be way more of, like, a fucking Pixar villain where he's the friendly, cool guy until the, like, twist at the turning point, you know? Zod has given him no reason to care about him at all. He's just been a bastard man from top to bottom. And Clark has not been characterized as somebody that treasures life so closely that even killing his greatest enemy would would break his heart yeah zod was kind of a friendly guy for like 10 seconds on the ship and he was like ah you know cal he's a stranger to our ways don't be too tough on him for not knowing our customs right like it should be like uh, first of all he should not threaten the earth because that just sets two you know, bad vibes immediately and it should be oh kal-el i'm so glad we found you you know all i want is to rebuild krypton and i know you have the codex will you help me do that and you know clark should just be like well shit yeah no i want to know more about like my past and my history and all that and as he's working with zod he realizes oh wait 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 you want to kill you, you you want how big an ocean of skulls now hold on a second uh-oh uh-oh like it should be a pl- plot twist that he's a genocidal maniac not the baseline we go in already knowing yeah i would say the main problem with this film is that it's it's um the parts that are good are about like clark's interiority but that's all told within the framework of a big stupid action movie instead of actually focusing on him yeah i i would be okay with a version of this movie that just didn't have zod in it that was just about lois lane again investigative journalists tracking down these stories about this miracle man that saves people and then like getting to know clark kent through that and like learning more about him in that way that sounds like a good movie to me i think you have to have some sort of krypton elements I think you probably have to do that to get that movie greenlit. I'm saying I think you could make a good, you know, in a vacuum, I think that movie could be good if it was just Clark, like Lois trying to learn about Clark and Clark trying to learn about Krypton, you know? I think the reason you need Kryptonians to show up is because the movie's about how Clark doesn't get along with any humans. So now there's these different types of guys that he does have things in common with. Maybe he can get along with them. But there's immediately evil, so that's not really part of the story. Yeah, that's the thing. They don't set it up as, well, I can get along with you guys. Like, yeah, I do belong with you in a way I never have on Earth. Like, that never happens. Because they introduce themselves by saying, hey, give us Clark Kent or we'll kill seven billion people. Um, I... I don't think, again, I don't think they've characterized this Superman enough to be like, they certainly have not established to me that this guy has a code against killing anybody, so I'm not really, I'm not that bent out of shape that he kills him, I don't no, know. No, he kills him in Superman too. Does he? Yeah, I mean, sure, but I mean, you know, yeah. I I would like it if this was a movie where that's not something Superman would do, but it's not that movie, so whatever. People can do different shit. I would say this movie is resistant to the idea that Superman should be anything. He just kind of is. I guess. Like, he's not he's not going to be this great hope that Jor-El wants him to be. He's just a guy. I I think this movie still thinks he's that great hope. I think when you have all the soldiers in the Smallville fight, like, guns trained on the, like, ruined building, and then Superman comes out and they slowly lower their weapons, and the one general guy's like, this man is not our enemy. <laughs> like, they're, they're, they think, I think Zack Snyder thinks that this is the hopeful, inspiring Superman story, and it's just not. 
I think the next film will clarify his position on the matter. Fair enough, I guess. I don't know. I'm I'm looking at the movie I'm looking That's at. That's fair enough. We must judge this as its own thing. And I, I can see what you're saying, but I feel like you're taking, like, a sideways take at all that and, like, reading into lines that don't feel like they have another layer of intended meaning underneath of them. Because, because on the surface level, they're dumb. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is a very surface level dumb movie that I'm doing a lot of work on behalf of. Right, right. Listen, I've done that too. I get it. I just, again, my, I think this movie's first sin is that it's fucking boring. So I am not interested in trying to give it that kind of out because I just think it's fundamentally not entertaining. I think the final scene with Clark going to the Daily Planet and smiling is cute. He hasn't smiled before. I think it's cute. I like the little like double entendre like, welcome to the planet, Clark. It's more just like, it doesn't feel like it's the ending to this movie. Again, like, what are you smiling about? Millions of people just died. Ultra 9-11 happened. He's smiling the about now now he has a girlfriend who he can trust who who can see him for who he really is he doesn't have to hide himself around seems like small potatoes in the context of what just happened you know but it's important to him personally okay well i think maybe that makes him a little callous (laughs) yeah it's a little hard to reconcile that with 24 9 11s per second (laughs) right yeah, did did not enjoy this film. Again, I do like the actors. I think there's parts of it that like there's ideas that I think are interesting. I, I the performances are good. I just it just doesn't work for me. Doesn't all come together. Doesn't all come together. It's ugly to look at. It's not fun at all. And I just think Superman should probably be fun. Well, this movie is apparently quite boring. But is it uh, uh, a Randian treatise? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, a, a bit, yeah, because, again, that's kind of something that is hard to avoid with superhero stories, but I don't think it's particularly Randian to you. I wouldn't say it's above the, the cosmic background libertarianism of superheroes, no. Yeah, exactly. Like, yes, Clark is, like, the chosen special boy who is better than everybody else and simply should be left alone and allowed to do whatever he wants, and that's the best way for things to go, but that's just most superhero fiction. Yeah. So, what grade would you give this from A plus to F minus? It's on the low end of the scale, I'll say that much. I'm going to give this one a B minus. Do I like this movie more than it were? <sighs> in Infinity War, he calls that guy Squidward. Wait, d- does someone call him Squidward in Infinity War? I thought that was just our joke. Yeah, one of uh, Thanos' boys, Tony Stark, calls him Squidward. Yeah. Does he? Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, boy. It is on par with Infinity War. I think Infinity War is, what, a D? Um, yes, I believe so. You gave Avengers Infinity War an F. I gave it an F. I'm giving this one a D. Okay. That's the same grade you gave to Watchmen. So Zack Snyder's been pretty consistently disappointing so far. You're not not Snyder-pilled. I'm not Snyder-pilled. Also, I would rather watch Watchmen, a movie that I think is bad. Really? Yeah. Even though this one's shorter? I mean, that is, is is it shorter than the original cut? No, it's not shorter than the original cut. Okay, well, I'll definitely watch the original cut. Would I prefer to watch the Jumbo Spicy Ultra cut of Watchmen over this? It being shorter is an argument in its favor, but on the other hand, it feels long. Um, Yeah, no, I think I I would watch, like, normal Watchmen, this director's cut of Watchmen. That's that's the order I'd put those. Okay, so it's um, about on par with Jerry Maguire. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, as well as um the incredible hulk thor the dark world mm. yeah this all this all tracks to me yes all movies i think are boring jerry Maguire's not boring maybe give jerry Maguire a d plus because it's not boring 
Okay. It's not good, but it's, it's not boring. Plus. All right. <laughs> now, yeah. what grade would you give uh, the Superman's pod, the Batcave of this movie? Are we saying Superman's baby pod or the the like scout ship that oh, he yes, talks to the scout ship. Okay, okay. Pretty bad. I don't think it's a good Batcave. Yeah. The big Kryptonian like computer aesthetic is kind of neat with like the solid holograms. But also, and obviously this movie is years before Black Panther, but it's kind of just feels like a worse version of the Bra- the Black mm-hmm. Panther thing. I like the um, way it conjures Jor-El's ghosts all over the place. That's kind of fun. Yeah, that's true. Uh, buh. I'm, uh, I'm gonna say, like, a D. Not good. Same grade as Karnak. Yeah, that's, that feels right. Yep. I'm gonna give it a D plus. Okay. Karnak had a fun tiger in it. It did have a Kryptonian tiger in it, engineered to be the perfect tiger. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Now, they did also kill that tiger in Karnak, so I guess, you know, it kind of evens out. I wish that he hadn't done that. Probably, yeah, it'd be nice if he did not kill For no reason. Well, he had to lure Dr. Manhattan down there with his cat. He's the stupidest man on Earth. He really is. Fucking squid. We have some questions. Gotta have have that squid. Joe asks... Yeah, hit me with some. What if he was made of wood? Man Man of wood. wood. I feel like that's just. I think that's just the porn parody (laughs) of this movie. (laughs) He's been genetically engineered to be the perfect lay. (laughs) Well, yeah, he's got all of the Kryptonian genetic history embedded in his cells. He's got to fuck as much as possible. (laughs) He has to save the Kryptonian species. Oh, this would be such a good foundation for a porn parody. (laughs) Nora asks, what's your favorite Michael Shannon performance? I like Premium Rush and Nocturnal Animals. Premium Rush, pretty good movie. Trying to think of another Michael Shannon film I've seen. I do like him a lot in Knives Out. Pretty good Knives Out. There's one bit in Knives Out that just makes me laugh every time where Chris Evans is like shows up. It's his first scene and he tells the whole family to eat shit. And the whole family reacts as though that is the most vile, horrible thing anyone's ever said. And they all just start screaming at him. You can't really make out what anybody says, except you can hear Michael Shannon go, I will not eat even one iota of shit. Every time I've seen that movie, that just gets me. Um, I'm gonna nominate his role in Eight Mile, where he is uh, Eminem's mom's boyfriend. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Oh, he's good as the the bad guy in Shape of Water. I haven't seen that flick. I haven't I haven't really explored much of Michael Shannon's filmography. Yeah, I haven't seen a ton of Michael Shannon. I like him when I do see him. I love I love to see him on my screen. Emily asks, "Has there ever been a more avoidable character death than Pa Kent's?" Oh boy, not I mm, don't know. What are some classically avoidable character deaths? Uh, pe- I think the go-to is Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic. Just climb up on that door with her. Which that one I feel like is a little unfair, honestly. You don't know how buoyant that door is. Yeah, I might not be able to hold both of them. He might not have the strength to climb up. Also that, yeah, she probably doesn't have the strength to pull him up because they're both exhausted and half frozen to death. Like, it looks a little silly, and I get why it prompts those questions, but I think if you think it through, that one's not that dumb. I guess most deaths are pretty unavoidable. (laughs) Truly the Grim Reaper comes for us all. (laughs) Except for Pa Kent. Pa Kent threw himself into the Grim Reaper's awaiting arms. He had his own reward of a good death to teach his son a lesson. It wasn't a very good death. (laughs) He taught his son a lesson. He abided by that lesson for the next uh, 17 years. I guess. 
Sunshine Moon asks, how many sends does that five minutes in the middle where it becomes DBZ cover? Um, I mean, DBZ is better than this. How many sins? Is, I assume that means how many bad elements of the movie are paid for by this good elements. Oh, none of But them. if we interpret it to mean how many of the seven deadly sins does it uh, portray? <laughs> now, if this movie, if one reel of it cut out and they played an episode of Dragon Ball Z in the theater while they fixed the projector, I would give this movie a few extra letter I've often grades. thought that in a movie, there should be a part where they sit down to watch TV and they just play a full episode of television. Sure, just the full 24 minutes. The Darkness video game did that, where you just watch the whole movie with your girlfriend on the couch. It's incredible. Oh, that's pretty great. Um, I guess it covers wrath. Sure. Pride. Yeah. Not lust. Not, well, a little bit of lust. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's much lust in that bit. There are soldiers lusting after Superman. Sure. That that I one guess. soldier who says he's hot. That one soldier does, but that's later though. You know. That's true. I'm I'm thinking about during the Dragon Ball fight. Pride, wrath, not lust, not gluttony, not greed. Yeah, probably not greed. Like, that one's borderline, but no. Not envy, not sloth. Maybe envy. I could see an argument for envy. Sell me on envy. Well, that, like, uh, uh, perhaps part of what, uh, compels Zod to such hatred is his envy that Clark does have a world to call his own, even if it's one Zod despises. That's a good point. There is a bit of an element to that, that Zod can never get his home back, and yet Superman has one. Right, exactly. Okay, so three three out of seven, that's not bad. Sure, that's a failing grade. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's sins, though, so you should avoid them. So maybe it's a passing grade? Yeah, four out of seven is a passing. Ah, that's a 57%. That's a failure no matter which way you slice Ooh, it. Ah, uh, uh, we could grade on a curve. <laughs> grade it on a curve, they pass on the sins. Mike asks, Zack Snyder, turbo fascist or just wants to grill? Ah... Uh... So far, I would not say I am getting turbo fascist vibes off of these two movies. Do you think he's a man who could grill? Oh, hmm. What kind of grilling skills can you pick up from his cinematography? There haven't been a lot of food in these two movies. I need to see how he photographs food, if he loves food. You know what I mean? Yeah, the closest has been, um... Rorschach eating beans. Yeah, Rorschach eating beans and the comedian making the tea. Right, yeah. Like, I need to see, like, a scene of him chopping vegetables in a kitchen or something to really get a sense of how he feels about it. About stuff. Yeah, now that I think about it, I can't remember a Zack Snyder scene where there's much cooking. I know in Sucker Punch, the, the chef is an evil man. Right. So maybe he has a low opinion yeah. of cooks. So maybe he does not grill. <laughs> he does not kiss the cook. I feel like my entire impression of Zack Snyder, and you know, again, hey, maybe it'll get more nuanced with the next two movies, is it's all just like... Okay, but I'm I'm the cool, edgy, cynical superhero filmmaker. They're like, oh, if you think about it, actually, it would suck. Not in, like, an interesting way, but, like, in a way of, like, a child slamming toys together until, like, his toy train breaks. And that'd be cool. I think Zack Snyder is a guy who has a lot of ideas. And sometimes they're focused, yeah. and sometimes they're unfocused. Okay. Chris asks... Why are people so precious about the ending? That guy had to fucking die, and Superman hated doing it, but he did. We'd need more people willing to do shit like this. Also, all the building destruction looks sick as hell. I don't agree with that. I just think it boring. I do love to see <laughs> the destruction physics. Much like Clark in that classroom at the beginning, it just becomes sensory overload to the point where I am just like, it just does nothing for me at all. If you blew up one building, it would impact me more than blowing up three blocks, you know? 
Maybe for Clark, it's like listening to a mouth sound song where it's just, it's so much information that actually becomes easier to process. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow. Yeah, totally. (laughs) He actually needs to destroy more buildings to focus. Right, right. You know, I, I get the idea that Superman, you know, and, and... I like the idea that Superman is just the goodest guy and he and the strongest guy. And that means he doesn't have to kill anybody and he doesn't want to kill anybody. So he simply handles it. That's just not what this movie's going for, though. Yeah, I mean, the reason he doesn't have to do that most of the time is because he's way stronger than anyone else. But this guy is another Superman. Sure, but I mean, he fights, you know, he fights other Supermans in comics and stuff. And generally, you know, again, you're always going to have exceptions because he's a hundred year old character. But, you know, generally he sticks to that even when fighting other supered men. It's, you know, I think part of the fun of the fantasy of Superman is it's like, he doesn't have to compromise on his morals ever. And even if it seems like the odds are against him and he might have to this time, he will figure out a way to stand by his principles, whatever. You know, I think people like Zod in real life need to die because we don't have a supered man, you know, and that makes it a little different. The thing I like about the next snap is that it's not something that Superman, I don't get the sense that he feels good about that decision. Oh, definitely not. He screams no dramatically. I, I don't think he's, he's even sure that that was the right decision but it's what he did and now he has to keep going having done that right yeah i i like when superman messes up i don't mind superman messing up i guess i do just think part of what historically makes him an interesting character is that he's a fundamentally like pretty much morally impeccable person and i feel like that's not what this movie wants to do at which point it's like well but it's superman though so okay well whatever sure he's a normal guy that's fine What's that's the contradiction of Superman to me is that he's simultaneously like this perfect guy who's a, a paragon of moral virtue, but also just a normal guy from Kansas. And those can't really both be true. Yes and no. I, I think, I mean, yeah, it's a silly story about a guy what fights uh, crime in his underwear. I don't think it needs to hold up to strict scrutiny. Fortunately, <laughs> they keep making serious superheroes of movies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm like, I think if you wanted to do a more cynical take on that, that dig, dug into that idea, that might be interesting. What annoys me about most, like, evil Superman stories or whatever, it's just, well, now, the only take anyone seems to have with that is, ah, uh, yes, I truly do have the power of a god and I'll blow up everybody. Or, you know, um, just, well, I'm mind-controlled and I'm just r- rampaging. If you did something where, say, hey... Maybe I don't fucking trust a white dude who uh, grew up in Kansas and, like, really internalized all the lessons his conservative farmer parents taught him. You know, you could make an evil Superman interesting and do something different with that, as opposed to just making fucking every edgy superhero story being the same fucking thing, you know? Yeah, the whole invocation of Smallville, Kansas, independent farmer upbringing as as being a sign of his uh, all-American all good-heartedness... There's there's a little ideology to that. It's a little bit, yes, I came from the white supremacist utopia and I'm here to spread those values in the, you know, uh, uh, filthy city <laughs> that's strayed from the light. Yeah, I, I, I hate when evil Superman is just drunk with power. I like this one more because uh, he's just kind of a fuck up who doesn't really know what he's doing. Sure, yeah. And people place all these expectations on him and he's like, um, I'll do my best. Right. Goku is a good evil Superman. <laughs> Goku is a great evil Superman. Because he's not a fuck up. He succeeds pretty much always. <laughs> he's just 
causes problems without thinking through anything ever. Unfortunately, he succeeds pretty much always. Right, it just kind of works out for him. And you know what, if it doesn't, that's what we got Dragon Balls for. I love how many times throughout Dragon Ball they're like, well, the Earth's population was decimated. Time to just wish them all back to normal. <laughs> it's a it's a routine process now. It's like, um... It's really funny. It's like when you go through, like, uh, a crafting process in a video game and, like, the tutorial's all super complex, but then it just gets automated after that. Right, right. Luke, the next film we will watch is Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. There are two editions of this film. Okay. There is the ultimate cut, which is on uh, HBO Max. It's three hours long. And then there's the theatrical cut, which is two and a half hours long. Okay. Generally, most people seem to prefer the ultimate cut, but I've heard that some people prefer the theatrical cut as well. Batman v Superman is the first one where the whole Snyder Cut thing really seemed to pick up steam. Like, no, I know it sucked in the theaters, but trust me, if you watch the extra 20 minutes, suddenly it's a good movie. It's, what I've been told is that it makes more sense in the ultimate cut, but it making less sense in the theatrical cut creates a more emotional resonance. Right. Here's what I know about Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. What we just talked about with the editions. I think Lex Luthor tricks a senator into drinking pee. <laughs> And save Martha! That's what I know. Yeah, no, that's accurate. Yeah. So which which cut do you, are you leaning towards? I'm I'm le- I mean we may as well go for broke, right? We get I can't I'm not gonna watch the the basic ass cut and then be told, well, if you if you really given the movie a chance and watch the director's cut, then you wouldn't be, be mean to it. You know, no one would say that because no one cares enough about this podcast to complain about it, but hypothetically. Uh-huh. Do we have any more mean iTunes reviews? We got a few of those back in the day and that always made me laugh. I haven't I haven't checked the iTunes. I could check it right now. <laughs> we can check I just loved when people were mad enough about our fucking opinions to yell at us uh 4 11 2022 i watched every mcu movie in theaters th- through phase three and enjoyed them this podcast still rules even if i don't always agree with the hosts because their commentary is so insightful and amusing they had me at hello well that's well that's a very nice review that's a five star one right there we've got a lot of one star reviews <laughs> <laughs> this this one from 2020 uh title bad <laughs> dude hasn't seen like half the marvel movies he's doing rewatches without knowing the callbacks maybe not a good way to do a pod what <laughs> they're saying i should have already seen all the marvel movies so i could recognize the callbacks but and i'm not giving them a fair shake unless that's how i watch them but we did them in order so you would have caught the callbacks <laughs> if you <laughs> if you cared to <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I I know all the callbacks because I'm a freak like that. They're not that rewarding. Sure. No, that's what it's all about, though. But they're, they're not, like, clever about it. They're just like, remember the big guy with the hammer? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> These guys are horrid. First off, they don't even like the MCU. <laughs> they don't know much about the movies, and they have annoying voices. Hard pass. If you hate us, by all means, leave a review. <laughs> I don't give a shit about this podcast having good fucking discoverability on Apple Podcasts. Give us them one stars. I want to know. Give us uh, five stars on Apple Podcasts. Give us either five or one star. <laughs> no middle ground. Luke, would you like to hear a Superman joke? This might be the last Superman joke for a while. Uh-oh. Well, are we not? Okay. Okay. I mean, it could go Superman or Batman for the next one. That's true. In Justice League, that's six different guys. Right. <laughs> 
This comes in from funkidsjokes.com slash superman-jokes. Who would Superman say you should never hire to repair your lawn? Repair your lawn? General Sod. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just put sod all over your lawn. You'll make it worse. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds like a pretty good uh, lawn guy. <laughs> What if that was how this movie ended? He did, re he redeemed Zod, you know, he reformed him, and then the last scene is he checks on Zod, running his new lawn care service, General Sods. Yeah, it would be like, I, w I was uh, engineered to be a general, but it turns out I actually really love lawn care. Turns out when you think about it, seeds are like little troops that you can send to fight the soil. <laughs> yeah, and you pull out the enemy weeds. Yeah. Zod's coming back in The Flash. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do in that movie. I don't know why that movie's still being made. <laughs> this is that everyone's up on hype on multiverse flicks. They already showed they're willing to just shelve a movie that's already finished, and yet the one with the ultra crime person. No, 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 that one gotta come out. Yeah, I think um, it's it's supposed to be some keystone to their reboot of the universe, and that's why they want to put it out. Just reboot the universe. It doesn't need a keystone. <laughs> the Batman. You know, no one was like, wait a second. Why is this Robert Pattinson and not... Brendan Fraser, what's happening? I can't follow this movie. Yeah, I think they really proved that's fine to just do AUs. It's not a big deal. Just do AUs. It's fine. They don't all need to be connected. You're bad at connecting them. Can you imagine how good Star Wars would be if they didn't have canon? Oh, they could just yeah. make adventure films where there's like an alien that went uh, blah, 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 blah. And then a guy next to him said, you can say that again. <laughs> right, right. We get back to the roots. But no, it has to be about fucking Darth Vader. It all has to be, every Star Wars movie now has to be about Star Wars. We already ended the podcast, I told the joke. <laughs> That's true, get out of here. <laughs> Let's get out of here, goodbye. Bye. Bye.